These were moments of, oh, hey, Dan, your Aunt Anne is in the Caribbean drunk at 3 a.m. again, like thinking that it's funny. Welcome to Steam Scenes, the podcast about... Wait, hold on. Sure, sex is, well, sexy, but it's also sassy, and it's silly, and it's fun. Hi, I'm El Greco, and I write steamy romance. On my podcast, Steam Scenes, I'm joined by my fellow romance authors for some explosive, (laughs) see what I did there, conversations on writing all the naughty bits. Sit back, relax, and join us for some scintillating conversation on Steam Scenes. Today's guest is Anne Kemp. Anne is an Amazon bestselling author of romantic comedy, chiclet, and contemporary romance. Her stories are full of fun, love, and laughs, and are sprinkled with the power of family, the ones we're raised in, as well as the eclectic and unconventional family we, cu- we curate ourselves as we grow and step into who we are. She writes about ambitious and relatable women modeled around those who have inspired her, an American girl who grew up in Maryland and is called Virginia, Florida, St. Kitts, and Los Angeles home, and now lives in Wellington, New Zealand as the mom to two dogs and wife to a very supportive husband. And welcome to Steam Scenes. Hello, Karen. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here at ridiculous o'clock in the morning where you are. <laughs> I know it is so early, but you know, when you get up this early, you can't help but feel like it's going to be a good day. And by noon, yeah. I'll probably be on the couch going, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll, I'll check in again with you at around four o'clock and see how you <laughs> So, um, so, okay. So Anna's super cool. Um, we've actually lost about 20 minutes just yak, yak, yak chatting before we even started pressing record. So it's going to be super fun. And one of the things that she said to me, like off the bat, I can't wait to talk about this because sex scenes make me laugh. And I was like, oh, so let's, can we start with that? Oh my God. It's totally like therapy. We're going to unpack this one first, hon. <laughs> I mean, okay. So writing sex scenes make you laugh or reading sex scenes or both make you laugh? Um, writing them, reading them, I will read them a lot of times and we'll get to a certain point. And depending on where I am with the actual story, sometimes if I'm reading them, I'm like, Hmm, okay. I know, but I got the basics of this. <laughs> I'm going to keep going to the story. I'm just um, going to skip over the, the juicy bits. <laughs> I, I got to get to the story. Um, but they, you know, I was still like, I love reading a, a sex scene and especially when they're ones that are done well, there's so many that are just done so lovely. I love a good buildup. Um, right. my, when I sit down to write a sex scene, um, writing in chiclet and then sweet contemporary romance, I have managed to evade the giant sex scene. I actually had one sex scene that my last my agent, we took out of Sugar City Secrets. I like really. It. it might go back in. I thought about putting it back in. Um, it was actually very well done. I was pretty happy with it. But writing it, I turn into an 18-year-old frat boy giggling behind the computer, laughing, just sitting there trying to go, okay, what am I like? Light a candle, get your crystals out, you know, get the moment. <laughs> it's like you then I usually psych myself into this point that I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> What are you doing? (laughs) Well, okay. So does it take you, do you find because you're sort of psyching yourself into like this sort of like weird, like do you, does it take you longer to write them? Like I know for me, like I can have like the best writing day. And as soon as I come to the, like the intimate moment, Mm -hmm. screeching halt. So I can go from like a thousand words in an hour and a half to like spending the entire morning fiddling over 200 words. Yes, Exactly something happens when I get to it and I don't know why. And it's evaded me. Like I will write, 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 write. And then it comes because a lot of times I get my first draft done and you go back and it's like insert sex scene here is you do that. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Like, I don't know what to do with this. I got to come back and think about it. Like, Oh my God, because each person's different and you want to write it just right. And but yeah, I just, I usually insert and come back and half the time, if I go back and then read the sex scene and the story when I'm doing, um, you know, my own copy edit and check before it goes off, I'll be pleasantly surprised by the interaction that has happened. I'm like, oh, who did that? Oh, okay. That's good. <laughs> it doesn't come across like a ding dong was trying to write it at her kitchen table. <laughs> 
I mean, I'm just sort of trying to figure out, like, for me, like, where that sort of, like, I guess it's kind of a block. Like, I don't necessarily, I'm one of those writers that doesn't necessarily believe in writer's block. Like, I sort of go, okay, you're sitting down and you're writing these words. And you're writing a thousand words and you're not getting up until you do it. Like, and even if I don't, even if I'm not feeling it, I will force it because after a couple hundred words, then I get into the rhythm and I find it and I'm, and I go. Um, but then for some reason I'm like, there's my block right there. And do you know, like, do you have any idea where yours might come from? I don't. And I don't know if it's because maybe I leave those to last and it's like that last thing Mm. that has to be done because I find myself as you know even I'm 48 now and procrastination is still a thing and (laughs) I do believe it must seep in in that way where it's just like I not that things are effortless but I think I get so into the story and having fun telling the story and I love developing characters I get really into the story of the characters and because I'm like I love the slow build and the sweet contemporaries I've written I've had people that have sent me notes which are super lovely from novellas that I've written recently saying how much they like the sweetness of the buildup of the romance that Mm. could be because we never really get behind closed doors in those books and those are the parts I like like the dating sweet what's going to happen next like kind of moments. And so I think maybe I get too lost into that part that then when it comes to writing the sex scene, there's a pressure. <laughs> right. Cause there is definitely, there are people I remember reading um, when 50 shades of gray first came out years ago and it went, it did so well, but man, it got torn up by a lot of reviewers yeah. and people and especially yeah. for their sex scenes. And it's one of those, I think when you see it happen to somebody else, even at that time, it was at the same time I had started writing and I'm not writing erotica or anything, but it is still within my purview and in my industry. Right. And it just kind of makes me like, it's that thing of having someone come to you, I guess, later and be like, your sex scene sucked and not in a oh. good way. <laughs> you know? Okay. Well, I didn't read, I, I still have yet to read 50 Shades of Grey. Um, but my the criticism I thought for that wasn't necessarily the sex scenes as written, more that she didn't understand the BDSM community that she was purportedly writing about. If memory serves, it was a couple. It was the the sex scenes being repetitive, as well as okay. the BDSM community being fired up, and then of course there was the upset in the American audience. Um, she her books came out to us and they were written in English, um, British English English verses. And I can remember those three things being targeted hard in reviews because it was the first year I had an agent and those were things that were like, we've got to be careful. You've got to, you know, be careful what you're doing with your writing. I was like, Oh, that's a lot to think about. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) oh man I guess you know I mean I don't know I can't really fault somebody I mean I guess if if you're if there is some inherent danger in what you're writing like it where it feels like it might be I don't know um if, if it's not something that's putting somebody into danger let's say into a dangerous situation like let's say you don't understand BDSM and you're sort of like now curious about it but you know you've learned from some place that is not the place you maybe should have learned it from and maybe yeah. you, should, you know what I mean then I'm sort of like I'm very much like that first do no harm person you know yeah. um but at the same time I kind of feel like I don't know like sex scenes are hard to write yeah they really are like there's just so much more to it than what I think people think, you know, because there are only so many descriptions that you can mm-hmm. do, and that you know doing a sex scene, I can think about like I have friends in that are actors, and yeah. the sex scene in movie and television is hilarious because it comes across so amazing, but you know behind the scene they've got somebody with a boom mic, they've got hair and makeup, there might be a ton of people in the room, you know, and they know here's two naked actors and they know the families of all the people staring at them. Yeah. Um, You know, it's kind of the same, like we're sitting here having to think about a sex scene and take these moments of time based on 
things we've seen, making it up, our own experiences. But we also have a thesaurus pulled up and we're <laughs> trying to find a different way to say something. Because if you're going to be describing somebody's, you know, penis, like how many times are you to compare it to what? You know, I can't comment. Yeah. There's comes the eggplant emoji. I know. That's what it, you know what? I'm just going to start writing my sex scenes with emojis. Yes. It'll be all eggplants and peaches. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's brilliant <laughs> insert eggplant and peach here <laughs> oh my God. okay so so sort of to track back for a second when did you realize you wanted to become a writer I know that you you know when we were talking before you had you know you worked in the restaurant industry like you like you've had other careers and so did you always want to be a writer and it was sort of like these were your kind of survival jobs or um I have been I wrote when I was little I did speeches and did writing and acting and then at some point straight away from all of it ended up in LA though wanting to do acting and it was while I was there because I had an interesting time when I was in Los Angeles I walked away from acting I ended up becoming a personal assistant to an actor um, Jason Alexander Okay. Who was on Seinfeld for a long time. Um, yeah. and this is why we're friends. We've had almost, we have almost the exact same story. Okay. <laughs> oh my God. I cannot wait to hear yours. <laughs> I know. Cause I feel like there's something else I need to tell you as well from our early conversation, but I digress. Um, <laughs> I went to New York though. I didn't go to LA, but yes, anyway. <laughs> so, and you know, working for him, I put away all of my acting stuff and had realized at that point, I like being behind the camera um, and working for him. I was just doing assisting. So I started doing projects in my free time. And one of the projects I took on, I got talked into by an old friend. I had talked to, I threatened stand up comedy for a while. And, oh. <laughs> and he was like, we're doing a class. We're doing a class. You got to do it. You know, you'll, you'll get to do it. You can finally say you did it. So I was like, all right, I'll do this. And it was while we were preparing for the stand up that I realized like one of the guys running the workshop, another good friend was like, he's like, you're doing good at this. He's like, but I just need you to know you're writing. It's good. Like this is comedy writing. You, you get, there's something in it. And it was such a, like a first time with somebody that I looked up to who's a comedy writer pulling me aside and saying that in the industry That's that cool. it just kind of made me look at it and go, okay, cool. But there was still, I was like, but what do I do with this? I was still kind of in this like, okay, I can write, but, uh, and so meanwhile, uh, long story short, I get laid off, um, not from Jason. I'd gone on to another job where I got laid off, ended up in the Caribbean with time on my hands, reading James Patterson book after James Patterson book. (laughs) And I looked at a book one day and went, well, I got time. (laughs) I'm going to just try something. And I actually started taking a class through UCLA Extension, that fiction class, and a guy named Tyler Diltz. I wrote the first chapters of Rum Punch Regrets in 2011, 2000, yeah, um, in that class. And the Abby George series was born while I was living on the island. I never thought it would end up getting published like three years after I left St. Kitts. Wow. That UCLA program I've heard is actually quite good. It was epic. And this was back like 2000, must have been nine, because I was traveling. It was right after I got laid off. And I was super lucky that I was able to, I was fortunate, I was able to rent out my apartment, take off to live with family in St. Kitts. And while I was in St. Kitts, a friend um, got work in London, flew me over to help with him and and his kids while he was working in London for a little bit. Then I went back to St. Kitts. I got to just bounce around and and write and soak up a bunch of different culture and just, just, oh my God, it was just a a beautiful time in life. (laughs) Oh man. Okay. So that's, so that's kind of a really actually awesome route to, you know, where you are. And actually I have to say, like, I have a, um, 
a friend. She's actually the girlfriend of a friend and former colleague who uh, was an actor and did a lot of like comedic stuff. She wasn't stand up. I think she did mostly sketch. That was mostly her thing. And she actually started and she's the one that hooked me up with this romance publisher that I was with for a bit. And, um, and she just sort of like one day was like, I can't take my day job anymore. I quit and ended up doing really, really well writing for this publisher, like just churning out these romances. And, um, they eventually moved to LA where she pitched a pilot, um, sort of loosely based on her experiences as a romance writer. I don't know what happened to that pilot. Um, but it was, but apparently it was like in development for a while. I don't, who knows, maybe it's still coming out, but like, it's kind of amazing with people that have had that sort of acting and particularly comedy experience, how they're able to translate that really, really well, specifically to the romance genre. It really, there's, there's something with the way so many authors and I, you go through Amazon now. I mean, you can even, you turn on Netflix and there's Cheryl Woods, Chesapeake Shores. There's, um, was it the Virgin, the Virgin River? The, uh, yeah. Virgin River series. Yeah. yeah. There's so many authors that have written something, you know, they're on Hallmark, it's on Lifetime, it's coming to Netflix. And it's, there is something about that sweetness, the romance, um, God, yeah, and plus I think there's so many prolific authors out there now that are just sitting down and writing series, you know, these really great books, two, three, four in a row, so that people can just gobble them up and just get lost in characters. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for you, because you sort of came out of kind of, you know, through a, through a comedy lens and, and reading James Patterson, right? <laughs> Which doesn't scream... <laughs> sweet romance to me but maybe i don't know i mean i could be reading the wrong james patterson books but <laughs> how did you get from like that like point a to, ro- to sweet romance you know <laughs> i tell you if we could figure this one out um, like, i my husband looks at like my netflix list and he's like okay you've got anything on here from real housewives of atlanta up to the social net like what are you doing <laughs> what happens on in your brain <laughs> We are an algorithm's worst worst nightmare. Yes. <laughs> it's like I love if I'm going to sit down and read like I yeah James Patterson. I went through like I can read James Patterson, um, David Baldacci. There's a lot of those guys, and I would just always grab them when I was you know traveling. And then I also got into of course Chicklet and other authors that were in sweet contemporary romance. And um, try to think of what I got into a few years ago, we definitely more women's fiction, but yeah, I, if I'm presented with books to read, um, I usually, I go back and forth between women's fiction or like a James Patterson style, like keep you guessing type of thriller. And to actually sit down and write this was just complete opposite. And I think I could say definitely at the time that I started writing it too, I was definitely not in a romantic place in my life. I was in my late 30s. I had just been laid off. I was living on an air mattress in my nephew's one-bedroom apartment next to a litter box. So when I say I went to St. Kitts, I didn't go to St. Kitts and like pull up in my real housewife of Beverly Hills house. I pulled up (laughs) one bedroom because mama was broke. (laughs) This this wasn't like the, when Stella got her groove back by the, you know, by the swimming pool and all of that. No, these were moments of, Oh, Hey Dan, your aunt, Anne is in the Caribbean drunk at 3am again, like thinking that it's funny. So there were some of those moments where I was trying to get it together. (laughs) Go pick up your aunt at the bar at 2 a.m. Your aunt's having some moments. Like, I couldn't have been in a better place at that time with where I just kind of went, what do I do? Like, I thought I I had it all figured out. Um, But, yeah, it's being down there at that time, I think it just helped. I was dropped. Like, I remember sitting somewhere. um, One of the characters in my book, there was a man called in real life his name is captain crabby or kent griggs and i call him captain cuddy in the book and crabby became a good friend of mine while i was down there salty dog probably about 30 years older than me 40 and 
I was bartending one night. I'd gotten a job bartending one night a week and he and I just started chatting and he became my buddy to go do things with. And it was while I was with him and also doing this UCLA extension class that I just kind of realized, like he made a joke one day. He's like, girl, you just a tragic country song. And I was laughing so hard. Oh. Like, seriously, I grew up in Maryland. That's real. <laughs> like, you don't, you don't <laughs> that. That hurts. And then, like, we laughed about it, but I just realized I was like, a lot of this is funny. Like, you can't help but look back. Nobody ever prepares for the road we get taken down because you can't prepare for it. You know, it's like it's life happens and you have to go with it. And I was in a place of just going with it at the time. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's so kind of crazy that you are actually in, I guess, I don't know, you're kind of having, I don't know, like, professional crisis maybe like I don't know like you know what I mean where you were kind of like in that like okay what do I want to do with my life like you know your your regular life gets put on pause Mm -hmm. and you know kind of like what COVID has done to a lot of people myself included and you're like well what what am I going to do now like what is the next step and I kind of love that you went to the Caribbean and, <laughs> I got so lucky. <laughs> yeah. And you found yourself like, okay, and now I'm going to write this romance stuff. And I feel like it's coming from, I don't know, like the place where it's coming from, it seems very much like rooted into like a really good start for a romance. If that makes sense. Yes. Yeah. No, and it definitely, I think that, um, that is what kind of got me with it. Like the, being where I was at the time and sitting, I can remember sitting like out on a beach and like, it was probably, you know, a late night just sitting there with the wind and just talking to some people and just, and again, you're, I was in that midst of, you know, I thought life was supposed to be this and even questioning choices I had making with, you know, career path and going, God, maybe I should never have left. You know, I worked for Jason when I left him to move on to somewhere else. He made a joke of, you know, he's like, you'll always regret it. And he got emails for a couple of years going, you're right. Like <laughs> when I did, but, but I also knew I had to move on. So I had to go. Um, but, and it's still the best decision I made because I wouldn't have got, had all the experiences because all of those experiences find their ways into my books. Um, you know, even in Rum Punch Regrets, uh, there is a younger man that's an Abbey Abby gets her groove back for a little bit, if you could say that. Um, she meets somebody that's 10 years younger. Yes, I did base that on my experiences at the time. And it was some, I met somebody while I was in the Caribbean, and it was like kind of like that light of, okay, okay. Light <laughs> goes on. This is cool. Like I can still, I still got it. I can still do things. And I just started writing and then having fun and I just remember like, as I started writing, just adding these people based on other people I was meeting and realizing that, you know, I'd left what I knew in LA and was so confused and unsure, but also it was at a time in my life when I was realizing I was okay and taken care of no matter where in the world I ended up. Okay. Oh, that's a nice feeling to have. Yeah. And it's like, it's one that I do come back to a lot because that's a hard one to keep. Like even in the craziness of things going on, especially in this year, there are moments where I've had to just stop and go, no matter what, you know, you're going to, wherever in the world you are, that's where you're supposed to be. It's cool. Anne. It's cool. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So I'm, so you, you sort of made a real conscious decision to write sweet contemporary, like not to go into like sort of like that more the steamier aspects. And I'm kind of curious why that was. Um, well, you know, the, for the rom-com and it's fine. Cause actually I'm in, in the process of prepping a three book series that I'm going to be working on. And that one's going to have, we're going to be upping the heat level a little bit. Cause I want to get what? some sex scenes. So it's going to be yeah. rom-com chick lit, definitely a little bit more sexy. Um, okay. We're, we're just putting this out here. When that comes out, you're coming back on to talk about that experience. Okay. <laughs> I'll keep notes of writing those sex scenes too. <laughs> Copious notes. Copious. <laughs> Copious notes with descriptions. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I don't, you know, I think 
I know exactly where it came from. I got a little weird about putting it out there because at the time, it's now 2020, so when Rum Punch was coming out, um, I did want to be careful about how much I was putting into my books because I had two young nieces that were in their teens, and I knew they were going to read my books. And I wanted to be a little careful with it. You know, just like even my mom who bless, she passed away four years ago, but in the book, I had her pass away, you know, years ago. And when she read the book the first time, she was like, I really like this, but I'm the mother. Why isn't the mother around? I'm like, cause I didn't need you giving me notes. Cause you would have decided that character was based on you. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was wanted to be careful of what my family was looking at so that they wouldn't find themselves in it or for my nieces to be reading something that maybe they weren't ready to read um, because they wanted right. to read Aunt Anne's book. Um, and so by that point, you know, I'd also realized too, writing the sex scenes, I was a little bit immature about it. So I was like, well, this will work for me. And then last year I'd started writing, I've got three sweet contemporary novellas that came out since last year. Um, and they have, they're full on sweet, you know, with some kissing and maybe a swear word. And I really like the challenge of writing them because a novella is such a different thing to write, but then also yes. just keeping it super sweet for that sweet audience. Um, because there is like a lot of times I think that the folks that are in that sweet audience and even in um, like, they call it inspirational romance, but it's not necessarily like a Christian inspirational. It's just that, I guess that clean, clean sweet and clean contemporary romance. Right. And I wanted to be able to deliver something like that. Um, yeah, now with Patience River, uh, it's gonna we're gonna be ripping some clothes off. <laughs> so I love it. I love it. Well, I mean, that sort of like brings me to um, you know your series. And do you consider it sweet contemporary? Do you consider it more chiclet? Like I was sort of fascinated by what you were doing because it's a series that's following this one character. For the most part, because I think you've branched off with one of the novellas, if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah, three of the, the most recent novellas. Um, two of them are on my Amazon page. One is in a box set at the moment, and we'll be back. Um, I'll have that in about a month's time up. But those three, they're still on the island, but it's about three different characters. So you kind of get that small town romance if you read any of these books that are based on St. Kitts, because the characters will flit in and out of the books. Right. Um, but I did branch off like the first, you know, there's the Abby George series. And so that's just about Abby and her changing, being, um, you know, the single female who's gone through the hard knocks, who's now wants to step into her own and she wants to kind of show her family and herself that she can do it because she's not just been through so many of her own pitfalls and roller coasters through life. And it's about her being on the Island and taking control of her life. But at the same time, the rom-com chiclet part of it, there's a thread of a bit of a treasure hunt. There's some secrets. She comes to the island and she thinks she's doing a favor for her family and her world gets flipped upside down. Everything she thought she knew, it's, at, it's not there. She's uncovering mm -hmm. things in each book and has a secret popping up in each book that, um, yeah, it's, it's meant to have romance and it's also meant to keep you kind of I wanted people to have something fun in each book to get to when I write the last book where it all culminates for them. I hope I okay. did a good job trying to explain that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just was sort of like really kind of fascinated because at the end of each one with Abby, like, did you give her happily ever afters or happily for nows or, you know, because again, with the room, the, with mm. the way that the romance yeah. seems structured. And I was like, Whoa, she's like breaking all the rules. Every, and I'm totally here for this. <laughs> I know. Like at the very first, um, I love that the book breaks all the rules in the first 50 pages, which I love. And that was a <laughs> note that people came back to me with. They're like, you're not supposed to do blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, well, it tricks you. <laughs> yeah, like I kind, I kind of like is the one thing I kept putting my foot down with. Like I kind of like it tricks you, but with it, um, Happy's it does break the rules. But I wanted it. 
I wanted it to do that for her because I wanted her to have in each book, she does have her happily at that moment, but it is about that journey, you know, her coming to the island and getting presented with uh, the possibility of a romance or two, as well as a suddenly she is presented with a giant family secret about a parent she never knew about. And she also finds out that the family has this beautiful home, this bed and breakfast that she is now in the Caribbean to take care of. And all of these things start unraveling from there. And so each book, she's dealing with something that has to do to getting her forward to her end goal, which is to figure out the truth about her family. But she is falling in love along the way um, and just trying to figure out which of these two guys is going to be best for her. And you know what? It might not be either one of them. Her happily ever after, it could be that it's it's her, <laughs> you know, it's, that's who Abby is. Although I don't think it will. I've already decided who I want her to be with. <laughs> I know who she's going to end up with. How many, well, how many more books do you envision before you wrap it up? Just one. The last Just book one. Okay. will wrap up. We'll give her out of the two guys that's who, who have been around um, JD and Andrew. You'll find out which one and all the secrets will come out so that everything can get tucked away. So where I've had fun with Abby, I did say about two years ago and not in any horrible way to my characters who I do love, but I was like, okay, I'm ready to get off the Island, which is where these books, um, the three sweet novellas that are part of the Caribbean romance novella collection. Um, they are about, characters on the island but in the last novella we follow this character from the island up to the united states she's going home and then i get everybody off the island and i'm going to start writing in maryland but i kept it tied because at some point i might bring the two series wrap them into each other i don't know how but i figured it could be something that could happen so why not <laughs> you know. Yeah, I, I'm sort of fascinated how, like, when you s first started writing, Abby, did you have this sort of idea, like, I'm going to have X, Y, Z, like, X amount of books in the, you know, in this series, or were you always just kind of like, did you start with the idea, well, I have this one book? Um, it started with one book, and then I think at some point when I signed with my agent, I was like, probably six books, because I really thought I could do, like, it was like, pie in the sky at that moment. I was like, ah, I got that. And then when I sat down, I was like, oh, actually, <laughs> learn and learn, get educated before you open your mouth. Um, I knew, always knew there would be three. Okay. So that's, it will be three novels. And then the other books, there's actually um, a novella, Gotta Go to Come Back, which is the excerpt I sent you. And that was just something that my publisher at the time wanted me to write a kind of in-between books. He was like, can you put a novella together in between the two books so we can just get something out for your readers so that they still have a little bit of, you know, we can keep them going with the story. Um, but yeah, it'll, it will be three books, which was the original vision. Okay. Okay. Cause yeah, cause I've sort of, you know, I feel like every series that I've written, whether it's through my urban fantasy work or, you know, now with the rock star, it's almost been an accident. Oh, you know, yeah. um, originally the rock star book, I think it was going to be three total. I'm, I'm now like uh, the third is going to come out soon. I'm working on the fourth. I don't envision this. And you know, I, I don't see an end. Like I can, I see how I can continue to build yes. on it, but it like kicks, like I'm sort of kicking myself. Cause I'm like, man, I could have set this up better. Or yes. if, <laughs> I had, if I had like, you know, known, you know, three books ago, I could, I'm now I've just like written myself into a very bad situation here and how am I going to write myself yeah. out of it you know that, so I always that's why I'm sort of like the people that can plan oh my I'm God. sort of how can I'm sort they? of like a cancer slash outliner like my, oh. my I think my writing style is weird to me begin too. with no me too that's what I do <laughs> oh okay <laughs> I'm a pantser outliner <laughs> we're, we're called planters <laughs> like I sit down and I'm like so good like well no I don't so I'm really bad like when I'm when I want to start a book I get really excited and then I write like the first chapter ish 
Yeah. And then I'm like, whoa, slow down. And I sit down and I make myself do an outline. The outline eventually becomes really half-assed towards the end because I get really impatient with it. Yeah. And then I'm like, and then I'm like, you know, but but the first half is great and I'm plowing through it. And then I get there and I'm like, no way. And I throw the I forget I'm working from an outline, and all of a sudden I'm like 16 chapters in and I've completely gone off the outline. <laughs> and I'm just like, I don't even know where I am. So I, that's this is my process, and it's a mess. Yeah. It is a mess. Yeah. And that's just a book not a series. I feel you completely. <laughs> I have tried. I have a YA that I love that I really want to write, but I have outlined myself into not writing it. I have at least oh, two chapters, man. but I have over outlined it to the point that I turned myself off. Oh, <laughs> that Because you, you can get lost, I think, in over planning when we do it because we're writers. And the thing is, is like when you sit down to write, you can have like, I like the pantsing and outlining method. Cause like what I do now is I get a general idea of what I'm going to write. And then if I can break down at least the chapter the day before I'm writing and what I'll do a lot of times, just kind of write a couple of notes, like, okay, I want the chapter to start like this. Here's what I want to have happen to get across in this chapter. And I'll kind of loosely outline what that chapter and maybe the chapter after will look like. And I find when I do that the night before I write or in the half hour before I write, I can sit down and do the Pomodoro method and sit, set my timer for 20 minutes and I can jam out 1,500 words in that 20 minutes when I do that. No. Yeah. No. Really? It's insane. And that's like, that's when I've sat down to write, I will drag my feet and procrastinate as long as I can. But then when I actually sit down and start putting like rubber to the road, I'm super surprised what happens because in that 20 minutes, I've had that time already where, you know, you know, the character, you know, what's happening, you've out, you've written it down. And so, you know, what's going on, you've got your meat. And I feel like for me, it just works as I can get in there and go, but not think about it and go back and go, bam, cool. Awesome. I think 1500 was my top, but I can usually get between, um, 995 and 1300 in that 20 minutes. And that is, to me, that was my big breakthrough of going, okay, if I can continue doing this, um, wow. <laughs> like that's Yeah, no kidding. I'm, you know, I'm going to try that tomorrow when I sit down to, because I don't know, this, is, this has been like a tough couple of weeks for me with my writing and it has been like a slog. And so I'm going to give this a shot tomorrow. Yeah, I think too. It's everybody's like 2020 is the year of the slog. <laughs> like, it's, like somebody told, like it's October today here in New Zealand. It's the first of October. I'm like, what? I want to put the Christmas tree up last week and be like, we're done. <laughs> like, come on, you guys, we're done with 2020. 2020 over. I'm like, yeah, I've been wondering if that was me, like the pat, because I've been doing great yeah. through 2020. I hate to say it, like I had like this sort of like I have been. Like, I mean, I'm releasing three books and like, that's unheard of for me. Like I'm like a book every three years. Like I'm such a slow writer, partly because I had a full-time beyond full-time job, you know? Yeah. yeah. And now I'm like just releasing. Mm. It's been like great. And I've been super productive. I launched this podcast and now I've like, I feel like I've hit a wall. <laughs> you know, it's the, I was calling it in lockdown here because in New Zealand, we went into that full lockdown. I actually overextended in lockdown. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> I at one point was sitting in my office going, how did I do this? I think I'd signed up to Brian Cohen's Facebook ad challenge. I was finishing a novella, working on a box set with 10 other authors. Um, and in the midst of at least five other things, all author related, none of it had to do with like work or our house. And I woke up one day and I just had hit a wall where I was like, there is no inspiration. There was nothing nothing. I couldn't even put a Facebook post up. And I just kind of went, all right, you have now overextended yourself. You can't even make it to like, go watch a video that's been recorded about Amazon ads. <laughs> <laughs> so how are you recharging yourself? Um, I take a lot. Well, first, where we live, we moved on lockdown day of all effing things. Um, oh my God. Oh, girl, it was the way it worked out here because, you know, everything rapidly happened in New Zealand where it was like, okay, we're at this level, we're at that one. 
48 hours were locking down and we were actually, we had sold our home. We were living closer into Wellington and we had bought out little more rural out by the coast and right. We bought a house near the river and we had an RV at the time that we had decided, Hey, we'll sell our house on this date. Let's take one week off, hang out in the RV, just at some beaches, enjoy summer, have some downtime before we move in. Well, that was hilarious because there was no downtime. We basically like moved in on the Wednesday, the whole country's closing down without furniture because everything got locked in storage because everybody closed. We came into our house pulling mattresses out of our RV and just grateful to have a roof over our head because no one knew what the hell was happening. <laughs> like, so it was at that point, I feel like we went through the stages of grief. I was also (laughs) just kind of that, okay, what's happening? We did manage to get furniture, fridge, and life happening here. And then, yeah, it's we started walks. I meditate. I try to meditate every day if I can and do yoga. I have a dog, George Clooney. He's here with me now. <laughs> he makes us laugh all the. If you ever, if you follow me on Instagram or my Facebook page, George makes a lot of appearances because George is very ridiculously adorable. <laughs> he really keeps our blood pressure down. Um, and also this year, I went over to the dark side and started watching a lot of Real Housewives, <laughs> and I love it. <laughs> I. You know, I did too, but that was for research. And I did Beverly Hills, which I was told that was probably the worst one to do. But I had like, but, and I couldn't do it. I was like, I was like, oh my God, I can't do it with these women. I just can't. Oh my gosh. We will have to have a conversation about that at some point. Cause that was, I got pulled in the rabbit hole. I never thought I would never thought I would. And I've seen all the Beverly Hills now. And I have a friend that I keep in touch with. I'm like, what have you done to me? I am now insane. I think that this is hilarious. <laughs> I have just never, it is such a social experiment and it's so interesting to watch human behavior. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. Oh boy. <laughs> but there's a lot of my husband and I just work hard on keeping each other sane and making sure yeah. that you know, with everything going on around us, I think we just make sure we're laughing a lot. Yeah. You, you, I think you gotta come back to that. Yeah. You gotta laugh. You yeah. have to laugh. So I want to dig in to the book. Now, what you sent me was an excerpt from Sugar City Secrets and what, correct. I think it should be gotta go to, was it it's the Abby and Matt, right? Was it, it was Abby and Matt. Yes. Yeah. I'm sorry. That wasn't from Sugar City. Gotta go to combat. You know, Sugar City was the one that I was going to talk about. Okay. Got the, it. Got it. Got it. But this was the sex scene. Um, that this was one that is not even quite a sex scene that I just enjoyed writing it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so this is from one of the novella. This is from the novella. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah, cool. This is from right. gotta go to come back. Um, it was going to be a sex scene, but then we did, we tight, we pulled it back. And so it gets close to. Oh, that's sort of, okay. That's really interesting. So can you set this up for us? Where are we in the story? So in Rum Punch Regrets, Abby ends up, um, making some big decisions that lead to her making a huge life change and moving to the Caribbean. So gotta go to come back is the novella where we just kind of see her skip back to LA for a bit um, with a family member to pack up her apartment so she can come back. One of the, I guess, uh, reasons, you know, that made her leave LA was that her fiance, Matt, had cheated on her with a girl who did stats with her softball, his softball team. And she had found out about it. And that was just one of many things that made her just go, you know, F you LA, I'm out. <laughs> you know, I got to go. Right. And so she's come back to pack up her apartment and Matt had used to live there and he's come by, they've run into each other. And so he's coming by. She's had a lot of changes in her life and he wants to come over to, I think he has some things of hers. There's some exchange and still some friendliness. And in the scene, um, I feel like the reason why I wrote this is because I knew a friend at the time who was going through a a ginormous, um, their marriage was really falling apart. 
And she had a moment where her now ex had come over and they just kind of fell back into each other's arms and then she had stopped it. Mm. And to me, this was just that moment, you know, you get overwhelmed sometimes. There's feeling and emotion. And what I loved about the scene is that to me, it's not about this, what could have been or the sex, but it was the what could have been. But Abby, instead of being the girl to say, yeah, let's do this, goes, no, you did this to me. I'm not doing this to you and Anne-Marie. I'm with somebody now. Like She's just kind of being that voice, that moral compass, finally, where Abby, two books ago, would have been like, yeah, let's do it. I'm all about revenge. (laughs) Well, I think this was sort of what kind of like had me a little eye pop in here. I was like, whoa, danger zone with the characters because they're all, they're all kind of like Matt is a proven cheater. You yeah. know, he's cheated on Abby. Yeah. Now he is going to go cheat on Anne-Marie yeah. and Abby is Andrew. This guy, Andrew is in the picture with her Yeah, and she's in LA, but she's got that pull of the ex, you know? Um, yeah. And I was sort of, did, did you worry about that sort of cheating aspect? I, d- I remember talking to a good friend of mine about it as I was writing it and going, you know, I'm nervous to write this because of the cheating part, because it's a romance. Like, but yeah. I also feel like it, it's a truthful part because whether or not we like cheating does happen, you know, it right. does happen. And I think it just added, I wanted to add another dimension to who Abby is, that she is relatable. She had a moment of weakness in her, like here she is building herself up, growing, growing, growing. And she stumbles for a second because here's someone in front of her she's engaged, was engaged to, who she'd given her heart and world to. Um, and he's suddenly in front of her, it's all familiar. You know, the smell, the feels, the kisses. And of course you start to get lost in that second. And then it's like, the no, 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 no. And I wanted to like commend her for that moment of, she's like, wait, no, I'm not going to do this. I've learned my lesson. It's like, it happens. It does happen. How did readers react? I, I know I was in like a, a Facebook group doing, you know, one of those, you know, con- like giveaway, like, I don't know, par- Facebook parties or whatever. And I was yeah. sort of interacting with the, with the romance fans. And, and I had thrown something out there about, you know, Gwen Stefani and like, I loved her with Gavin Rosdale. And I was sort of like, this oh. person was like, he's a cheater. <laughs> oh, I my. completely forgot gotten that he cheated on her I just loved them together as a couple you know when they would be photographed and stuff like like they were such like yeah. a quintessential rock and roll couple oh my God. and I was like she was angry and I was like whoa oh shit oh shit oh shit. <laughs> and so I'm kind of like there is like a serious serious thing about that um did you get any pushback from readers on that or were people sort of going, yeah, okay. I understand that, that, that sort of weird, like that ebb and that flow, you know, I had the readers that were more concerned. They're more concerned who she's going to end up with, with Andrew or JD. They saw Matt, pardon me, as a hiccup and were just kind of like, uh-uh, so glad that she got rid of him. You know, that was like good for her. It was more of, um, yeah, they're more concerned. I have people very, very um, opinionated over which guy she should get to um, to be with, which is very comical to me. <laughs> like, <laughs> so I'm like, wow, you guys have super opinions. Like, and I just, I love that people have these opinions. But yeah, nobody really yeah. reacted to Matt. They liked how okay. she handled it. Um, and yeah, because I guess I'm trying to think. No, nobody's ever That's said so anything. Cool. It was all, yeah, they liked the way that she handled it. And I think it was just that snippet. I think more people, I did have a couple of people that were like, oh, oh, we would have loved to have seen her stay in LA a little longer. Oh, but I was like, <laughs> she got to go back to the island, you guys. It's time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to read a little bit here. Let's see. Okay. Um, okay. Abs. Uh, That's Abby. Abs. There have been times in my life I haven't known what the hell I was doing either. That's Matt saying that. Um, His voice was low, husky and silky as he kept moving slowly toward her. Abby could feel her heart racing faster. The palpitations were setting off an earthquake of epic proportions inside her chest. 
I get it, Matt. And look, we've moved on. Okay. Her voice was much softer now as well. Her whisper laced with a slight tremor from her nerves. Or was it excitement? Her back hit the wall as the realization hit her that she was literally backed into a corner, surrounded by boxes, memories, and her ex. Abby had no place to go. Oh, my God. <laughs> the pull of the ex we've never quite gotten over. Yes. I actually felt so much in this very, very short, small moment. Like, it just, it's like, you know, there, there wasn't even touching going on here necessarily he was just really close <laughs> and i was like whoa um yeah I'm, so how did you get how did you get how did she get there how did how did you get her there oh you as far as with the that type of getting so close but not really yeah. touching yeah there's like yeah like there was no touch there and it was like but again, like there was that real sort of like moment of intimacy, even though there was no touching, there yeah. was no, and, and even she's saying to him, we've moved on, I've moved on, we're over, but then there's the pull. Yeah, I think it's just that pull. I think because it's that, you know, and you said the word intimacy, which now that it's seven in the morning, I can see that that is a very good <laughs> way to describe like what I write yeah. more intimacy scenes and sex scenes because it is um I love that build up and the letting you wonder like what's going on like I love that seeing how close I can get them to touching to being up against each other where you get that tingly sensation and you can feel like there's that emotion that's coming with it and the heat and that rush but yet it's not quite happening. Like you pull it away a little, like there's something in that tug of war in that moment that I love writing about. And I don't know why. <laughs> I just have the best time doing it. <laughs> okay. Here's, well, here's another longer moment. We're getting a little, now we're getting a little, whoo, it's getting hot in here. So Matt grabbed Abby around her waist and fully pulled her into him, covering her mouth with his, kissing her with more passion than he had, he had ever when they'd been together. Abby knew her mission was to stop it, but for some reason, the taste of his mouth and feel of his lips made it a lost cause. She struggled for only a second before melting back into his arms, reaching her hands up into his hair and tugging it as she pulled his mouth harder onto hers. She felt elated, guilty, excited, aroused, and shockingly in control. Matt picked her up and was angling to get her on the couch, but she wrapped her legs around his waist, a good move on her part from the groan coming from deep within his body. Stumbling, he walked toward the kitchen, vying for countertop and steady ground. Abby made his walk as difficult as she could, teasing him with soft kisses that hit their mark, trailing up his neck to his, to his earlobes. They reached the counter, Matt haphazardly dropping her onto its sleek, freshly cleaned tile surface in his haste to get her where he thought he could have his way with her. He pulled away, smiling at her, kissing her forehead, and whispered, I've missed you, as he brought his left hand up the front of her shirt, caressing her breast on the outside of her bra. Okay. <laughs> now we're building. You're good. Now we're building. <laughs> and I'm very curious, where was the more sort of, was it even in the scene that you sort of pulled back the more explicit writing? There was, yeah, we had some other, it went in to, I'm trying to, I'm trying to remember where it was in here because in this one and in Sugar City Secrets, we had sex scenes that were more explicit and both got pulled out. Okay. This one started to go a little bit more about here and then it was either the agent or the publisher was like, ah, it's just not gonna, it didn't feel right. And so we all decided mutually it just didn't work for where it was going. Okay, because in 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 this particular instance too, I think it made it made sense to pull back because I don't know that she would have gone because if she went any further, it yeah. really would have been a revenge fuck, wouldn't it? I yeah. mean, right? It would have been like there because there would be nothing coming out of it. For it would have been just to do it to do it. It would have been the wrong kind of empowerment. I guess. <laughs> so you know, like the, uh, right. Uh -huh. And I think this is. The thing that I kept coming back to, and I go to it again in the next little excerpt that I'm going to read from, is like, you know, the her in control, her empowerment, her, like, and I thought that was really sort of, it, it was, it was really sort of 
interesting to put her that, you know, to, to sort of like give her that strength or that power in, in these moments, particularly knowing that she, that, that he cheated on her and she's coming back to this home and cleaning it out. And he shows up and sort of seems to want to rekindle their relationship, but yet again, as a cheater, you know? Yeah, he try. He wants to see if he can get her to stay. Like it's like it's the game is starting all over again. And I think for her too, it's, this is that moment of the here we go again, falling down the rabbit hole. But you know what? I'm stronger than this now. I've learned my lesson. Like <laughs> you just go, <laughs> get away, <laughs> just get the fuck out, <laughs> go. So okay, I'm gonna last a little bit. In the back of her head, she felt empowered, as if she was she was cashing in on something she was she was owed. Hadn't Anne Marie done this very same deed with Matt when Abby was out of town? Had he not done these things behind her back with someone else? Why shouldn't she be able to do this too? Matt's hands had found their way into her hair, pulling it ever so lightly. His fingers becoming tangled in her tresses. It was forcing her head back at an angle that allowed him easier access to the part of her neck that he knew made her more vulnerable. Abby's eyes were closed and she felt his lips brushing against their prey, nibbling and biting her in a seductive dance. She couldn't stop the small moan moan escaping her lips, which was not only fortunate, but also most unfortunate as it brought her back to present and reminded her of something very important. It was something more important than revenge or a faux feeling of empowerment. Andrew, that's the boyfriend. Yes. Now, see, and this, I thought, is, well, I don't know. I love that this is an intimate, like, scene, right? These are intimate moments. And most of the time in romance, we're reading intimate moments that are supposed to be happening because it's driving our our hero and our heroine or our two main characters together. It's what's driving them together. It's mm. sealing the relationship in this case, you're doing the complete opposite. Yes. I wanted to make sure that Abby was not coming back to LA anytime soon and to push away this last part of her to me was that, no, this is it. I'm done. You know, this is she's been taken on a ride by this guy. I mean, he left her with all the bills for a wedding. Like she had to Whoa. take care of all of it. <clears throat> Excuse me. So she's, so she's just having that moment. Like now, this is you can come back and apologize. He ends. I, I believe <laughs> it's been a while since I've read my own book. I do believe Matt does pay her back, um, but you know, it's <laughs> too little, too late. He's showing up, you know, a year later to the party, and she's just kind of like, We're "This, you know, done. Bye. I'm, I'm moving on. Goodbye. We're over." Oh, I I just, I'm, I don't know. I'm pretty much in awe about how you have upended sort of all of these conventions and (laughs) I'm so here for it because, you know, I'm so afraid to, and I've had people that are sort of saying, you know, no, never do that. Cause you know, I'm always one to, you know, break convention. I actually enjoy it. And people are like, no, don't do it. And I'm, and then I'm like, okay, I won't. (laughs) And I love that you have. Oh, all over. And it's, you know, I think it's that beauty of not knowing, not knowing, you know, at all at the time, because I was just learning. Cause I look back at the series and I love the series. Um, in each book, when I, read them or look at them, I can notice where something changes or something gets a little stronger or better. Um, and like you get to the three novellas, the sweet contemporary novellas that I've done, the Caribbean romance series, they are definitely another type of, right. They definitely go more along convention of boy meets girl. Um, you know, that's boys got an issue, girls got an issue, they figure themselves out, but there is happily ever after in each one of those stories. And that's kind of the result of this, of Abby, you know, because Abby, I, what, you know, something fun that I can share with you and your audience is that the series, this was considered to be a tel- as a television show back in 2012, 2013. It was passed around to some places in LA when I was there. Wow. Um, 
there were a couple of actresses that looked at it that um, just I would have been blown away if they had if it had happened and it did not, which was you know is totally fine. It's, again, the learning of it all yeah. because yep. there's so much happening. But Abby is that the mistake of starting to write, not knowing what I'm doing and just, I was like, I wanted to do it this way and finding agents and publishers that just went, you know what, let's do it this way. We're going to get behind you and we're going to play with it for a while. And it worked, which was just, it's so much fun, but yes, you know, I'm, I'm writing books now that are going to definitely be more along the line of the conventional because I, you know, I think there is something to that conventional and to format and to being able to deliver what people expect and want to have, but I will always be writing something off to the side because the Abby series, while that I'm going to write a last book to tie her up, I like want to keep everything threaded in some way that I can keep that unconventionalness of that little group and come back to it because it is, it's more to me, the Abby series has started about her, but it's become about all of the people you meet in the books, mm-hmm. the family she's picking up along the way. I have right. emails from people asking for side stories for, I've got two other char- four other characters they've requested so far. Wow. I'm thinking of, and I'm like, wow, like people want to hear about Lee and Daryl, which is her sister. They want to know about her. They want to know about Maria and Ziggy, which are you know people that, she knows from the bed and breakfast. They want to know about Tracy and Ben. Like they want to know about these other couples. So I think there will always be that fun. Un- I can dip in over there and yeah. make up some rules, <laughs> if it, as you will. <laughs> but yeah, it's definitely that was the learning series. It is the learning series for me. I did a lot with that, and always a lesson. Wow. That's super cool. So what's next? So you're going to write one more for Abby. Do, yeah. Is that in process or are you still sort of like working out your no outline outline? Yeah, that, my no outline out. It is still in note stage because that's gotcha. one. When I do write it, I actually have two or three readers that are very, um, they want to be a part of the process, which is really cool. And so I actually go to a couple of my readers that I trust and go, Here's what we're looking at for the last book. So I'm in that process right now of them kind of looking oh. over what I'm doing. <laughs> That's kind of interesting. So what do they, they say? Oh yeah, I love that. And this will work, but I don't like that. So fix that. Yeah. Usually what I'll do is there's a couple of people that I'll just send notes to, to DM trusted um, readers that they've become friends over the years. And I go, you know what, you know, the the book, you know, the series, here's what I'm looking at doing with Abby. I'm going to do X, Y, Z and might throw in a little of this. You know, what do you think? How does that come off to you as a reader? And I just, I get their feedback because I know at this point in my life, I am too close to all the words I write. So I go to everybody I can't like, I have a girlfriend here in New Zealand that just read all of the Abby books, got into them during lockdown, which was very cool. And so I've been going to her a lot going, B, tell me, what have you, what'd you learn? Um, like in Sugar City Secrets, what was your takeaway? What was your takeaway from this book? Because it's helping me to see it with fresh eyes. I mean, that's, I will forget about a minute detail that I think is minute. That is actually an important detail yeah. to the reader. Just because yeah. I have so, I don't have capacity. My brain is full. So, yeah. <laughs> I, I actually am fascinated by by the way that you do that and the way that that sort of. And I think that's great. It's almost like a focus group, kind of. Yeah, you know, it's like definitely to get that feedback to know, but to also Especially know, early. still going to do what I want, you yeah. know, with it and. But yeah, with the Abbey book, it'll be one more and then dip and dive in if I need to. The co- contemporary the or the Caribbean romance series is done. Once this other book comes back from the box set, that'll be put together. That'll, I'll have all three books up on Amazon um, as well as actually they'll be going wide, those novellas, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the Patience River series is the one I'm working on right now, which I'm super excited about because it's, I grew up in the state of Maryland and my family right now lives in a little town called Chestertown, which is near the Chesapeake Bay on the Eastern shore. And 
I'm basing this town of Patience River on Chestertown. And this came out of my own sadness that I can't come home. I was supposed to be in the States uh, the month of August this year and Uh. am not allowed out of the country of New Zealand, unfortunately. Um, So I'm going to write about where I should be for these next three books because I miss home. Um, and I cannot wait to dive into this. Like I, I actually, I have a map that I've drawn for this one. So I know where people are on the main street, where the stores are. And Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm having more fun. I think drawing the map and doing a Pinterest board. than doing <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Sometimes the research is like you go down that rabbit hole and you just have like a grand old time with it. Oh, it's so much fun. But yeah, then I'm like, yeah. I got to get words to paper and it can't be an email. <laughs> so let me, <laughs> let me write something. But yeah, the Patience River series is all actually set to get ticked off. Um, I've begun it. We do have a, at least part of a chapter. I'm Yay. actually away in two weeks on a writing retreat with a bunch of ladies for three days. And I have a feeling I will probably walk out of there with a couple of chapters and be have a good kick in the ass to take into the end of the year. Fingers Excellent. crossed. <laughs> cool. So where can readers find you? Oh my goodness. I've got a website, um, www.annkemp, A-N-N-E-K-E-M-P.com. Um, I'm on Instagram at Miss Ann Kemp. Same on Facebook, Pinterest, and Twitter. Um, I hang out on all of those. And if you come by and say hi, I would be thrilled. So would George Clooney. We'd all be happy. (laughs) I'm totally there for George Clooney. (laughs) He's there for you too, Karen. He's there for you too. And thank you so much for um, for doing this. Oh, thank you. Thank you so been much for having me. It's been super fun to have you. It's uh-huh. been so fun. So, um, yeah, and once uh, once the steamier books come, you know, give me a give me a heads up. Oh, my God, I definitely will. But I, you'll probably be getting messages from me when I start writing the sex scenes. <laughs> That's fine. I'm here for you. Okay. I'm, I am here for you. I will totally support you. I understand. I know your pain. <laughs> And thank you so much. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Sign up to get email alerts when a new one goes live at lgreco.rocks. And don't forget to five-star us on Apple or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thanks for listening. See you next time.